Good morning, everyone. I'm Claudia Shambaugh, your host, welcoming you to the May 5 Cinco de Mayo Nat 2015 edition of Ask a Leader. Well, folks, we've got it all here today. UCI stage manager Joel Vinstra with his student directors Vinnie Taglarini and Chloe Schneider will cover UCI's Improv Revolution presenting the Coup de Comédie Festival 2015, a free May 6 to 9 festival of comedic talent, two panels, 14 free workshops, and the Revolutionary Comedy Award honoring Keegan-Michael Key. The second half of the show... Huntington Beach activists Vern Nelson, Lori Robinson, and Paul both make their case for their No Styrofoam Challenge. One container at a time, one business at a time, one consumer at a time. But before we pause for a station break, listeners, come close to me here. No, no closer. It's about KUCI's Spring Fun Drive. Isn't it time that you put a little something in the hat that we're passing around? 35 bucks gets you a premium that is more enduring than what? A pedicure? A more enduring than uh, that college uh, poster on your wall? Well, 949-824-5824 or go online at KUCI.org and let us know that Ask a Leader, Public Affairs at KUCI, the current tunes and the mashups of Tunes and Talk, are what keep the smile on your face and the lilt in your gait. Thanks. We'll be right back after a very short station break. Welcome back to the show. You are all in for a treat with this next installment from my first guest, UCI stage manager Joel Vinstra, with the student directors Vinnie Taglarini and Chloe Schneider. Joel Vinstra is a professional stage manager, a production manager, a producer, a filmmaker, and improviser, these being the career paths that he teaches in the drama department at UCI's Claire Trevor School of the Arts. Joel has managed theatrical productions and workshops with Oregon Shakespeare Festival, Pasadena Playhouse, Cornerstone Theater Company, Laguna Playhouse, California Science Center, Detroit Creativity Project, New Swan Shakespeare Festival, El Portal Theater, Matrix Theater, and Richard and Karen Carpenter Forming Arts Center. He served as a story editor at Alcon Entertainment, which produced My Dog Skip, The Blind Side, and P.S. I Love You. As an improviser, Joel Vinstra has performed with River City Improv and Second City Hollywood. He mentors Improv Revolution and produces the Kudakami Festival now in its third year, I do believe. I must add, that his latest and toughest customer in this enterprise is his new baby boy. (laughs) He earned his BA at Communication Arts and Sciences from Calvin College in 
Grand Rapids, Michigan, and his MFA in drama from UCI. Next, Vinny Taglarini, currently pursuing a BA in drama at UCI. You may have seen him at New Swan. I sure have a bunch of times. And uh, around at the performing at other venues around the years, he's performed many roles at UCI Productions, including As You Like It, The Tempest, Spike Heels, The 39 Steps, and Colon Absent Friends, as well as various roles in the original sketch comedy show, Improv Gold, a longtime improviser and teacher. He's currently the captain of UCI's Improv Revolution, an improv team on campus that desires to spread creativity and laughter across the campus and in Southern California community. He serves as the co-producer of the Coup de Comedy Festival each year, tutors at UCI's Writing Center. He could tutor me in these introductions, I'm sure. <laughs> serves as editor-in-chief for UCI's undergraduate creative writing journal, New Forum. Chloe Schneider is a drama major in her second year. She's been a member of Improv Revolution for a year now. Chloe, in her capacity as a writer, is currently working on a film and a full-length play. When she's not performing or writing, Chloe works for Omnivision Entertainment, acting in short sketches, and also the murder mystery company, A Dinner Theater Troupe. What kind of murder is going to happen around the studio? No, all three join me in studio to titillate us with the infinite possibilities for laughter and creativity with this week's Improv Revolution. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Joel Vinstra, Vinny, and Chloe. Thank you so much, Claudia. Thank you. Well, it is sure it's surely dizzying the robust offerings at the Claire Trevor School of the Arts this spring, thanks partly to those generous funds from the Chancellor's Illuminations. Thanks in larger share to the talent and verve that you three and your colleagues bring to the Anteater mix. Now, it's your turn at the uh, comedy uh, this May 6th through the 9th. Honestly, you guys had me when I started reading your playbill, live nude people, kindred throats, and OBGY not. So, Joel, tell us how you've been toiling on this particular year's worth of productions for the whole year since you started recruiting talent in the fall? Yeah, well, essentially we started, as soon as the last uh, festival ended, we started preparing for the next festival because it takes quite a bit of time to prepare all these things and um, make them all work together because uh, there's 33 different events that we have over this four-day period and we try to make them all free and we try to bring in the best and top quality talent to both inspire our students but also uh, to demonstrate and to teach workshops in so that we can help them develop their skills in a different and unique format with these professional comedic talents. Some of them are giving back. Some of them are UCI alums, so they, they're probably, you don't have to twist their arm out of their ball and, uh, ball and joint sockets. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Zoe Mokan uh, is one of our alumni from Improv Revolution, and she has uh, been spectacularly successful up in Los Angeles. She's done a number of comedy shows at the comedy stores and a number of other places around L.A., and she, in fact, performed for the first time at an open mic at our first Cuda Comedy Festival, and that just provided a springboard for her success and kind of to be inspired in this type of work so it's very exciting so she keeps coming back and other alums are coming now for the first time and so uh, we can have uh, the students here talk about what it's like to interact with the returning veterans of the theater profession so maybe maybe Vinny because you've you've been <laughs> at it a little bit longer here and you're captaining um such yeah. a verb <laughs> such a verb um yeah, it's very exciting to see professional comedians at work um, and to get to experience the caliber of work ethic, the level of creativity that they have, um, 
and also to be taught by them in a workshop setting and to get really close personal contact with those people um, and to get to kind of know them a little bit and uh-huh. see that they're real people. You know, we get this little blind spot of, oh, they're celebrities or, oh, they're famous comedians. So there's this level of you're so much better than me. Um, and then to get to talk to them, get to sort of meet them and, and be close to them, you realize that they were once where you are now. Um, so it's very hopeful, especially as I'm looking towards graduation. Chloe, how about your experience? I think the thing that was most inspiring to me about the coup is just how many different types of comedy there are and ah. how many different ways there are to approach even just improv. We have so many versatile teams that are coming to this festival and they all bring something different and inspiring to the community and that's just really amazing to see. Okay. So all all kinds. I mean, irony I I, well, I don't know how to break down the, the comedic genre, but I mean, I'll so, Joel, how, how to break down? Yeah, there's a wide levels. variety of different forms, uh, including improvisation, which Improv Revolution specializes in. But there's also stand-up and sketch comedy, which is uh, often developed like at the Second City through improvisation. So they take that format and then develop into actually scripts. Uh, we see that within shows like Second uh, Saturday Night Live and... Uh, Key and Peel, and one of our honorees this year is Keegan Michael Key from Key and Peel, and so he's going to come and talk a little bit about his process there. Um, but there's also uh, there's also like I mentioned stand up, but there's also kind of written uh, non sketch that's kind of more comedic in the long form, which is something that Chloe's got in an upcoming uh, playwriting. Uh, new play that she's written so we're doing a stage reading of that so it's nice that we have a wide variety of comedic offerings both at this festival but also growing here at UC Irvine it's kind of a growing uh, community of people in and around this comedic format and Chloe um Mm -hmm. your your play are you going to be are you uh pitching that to uh the to the drama department chair here so you can get Uh, booked in the next it's probably going to have to be two years the earliest (laughs) right that would be amazing um right now what I'm just doing with it is uh hoping to workshop it and so that I can work on it in the future. I want to enter it into other festivals okay. and things. So, right. But doing it at UCI would be awesome. And what's, it, this, what's the period? Can it, you just, I'm not going to ask you much more. I'm not going to okay. ask you for title. That's probably still happening. But It's so, called Glue, actually. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and is it, what time, what's the setting? The um, it takes place nowadays, okay. and it's out of college, so it's okay. very accessible to this audience. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Well, I'm looking forward to that already. So I just, I'm counting on Joel to give me uh, some uh, heads up. So I can oh, absolutely. Play. And you can find out all sorts of information about what Improv Revolution is doing and their members by going on their Facebook page and liking that. It's, uh, I believe Vinny has the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, it's www.facebook.com slash irev at UCI, all one word. So, and if you like there, they're... Pr- promote everything that's going on within the comedic world from Improv Revolution members, but also from other things in the community uh, that we're excited about because, uh, again, we're just trying to build the community here of comedy and kind of looking at that in both how it can be successful to make humor, but also how it can make comic uh, commentary, like social commentary or yes. uh, political commentary, because that's a very interesting thing that's coming out strong and prevalent within the comedic world currently. I was trying to send Jane Page's Shaken Shakespeare back out on water conservation or something yeah. like that. It's with their uh, becoming more topical with their Shakespearean um, sort of pitch to uh, those random customers that they're on the sidewalk. So that's I'm glad that, that, that social commentary needs to take the edge off the paternalistic sort of thou shouts to uh, what what are you thinking in a comedic way. Absolutely, absolutely. Because people don't respond well when you're just like, oh, don't do this. They respond much better when it's a question and we're kind of exploring things together. Or, you know, when you're presenting something within comedy, it opens up this kind of 
space of like, well, we're laughing. So, you know, we're not going to put up a barrier per se to yeah. what you're trying to say. There's an That's openness. True. That is a barrier coming down. That is mm-hmm. it. Well, I, speaking of comedy, I wanted to look generally at the challenge of the performer with comedy that it must be one of the hardest because uh, you are uh, with drama, you're it's, you're getting the audience to get on your side. But with comedy, you're either killing or you're dying up there. <laughs> so uh, I, so uh, both are lethal. <laughs> Just, so how hard is comedy? I'd say it's... Because you've done both up yeah, there in the shakes. I have. Um, I'd say it's very hard. Uh, it's a lot of timing, a lot of pacing, and that can definitely make or break the show. Um, you have to find the right way of doing things especially with scripted comedy there's there's a fine line you walk of too much too little and just right um and then with improv you get a little more freedom because you're making it up on the spot so the audience gives you a little more leeway with that but there's still that line of what's too much what's too little what's the audience going to really respond to and what are they going to really reject or push away from um so you're like constantly altering the things you're doing and constantly shifting and changing and, and trying to read what they're looking for. That's right. You have to really read it more astutely, more carefully, even I think than drum. And so Chloe, what, what would you add to that? Yeah. Or reiterate. I, I, I mean, everything that he said is absolutely true. And I think comedy because of that has a lot of trust involved in it. Mm-hmm. You have to trust that, okay, these people are going to believe or, or go with whatever crazy thing I'm about to do and they'll carry me along. So it's not so much, ah, I'm going to be really weird and do this weird thing right now and be funny, I guess. Yeah. That's where you might die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine line. Well, for those of you who've just joined us, you're tuned to Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming on in, uh, ticket booths uh, and beyond and waiting lines uh, on the web at KUCI.org. My guests are UCI professor and stage manager Joel Veenstra and his students Chloe Schneider and Vinny Taglarini. And we are in the middle of KUCI's Spring Fun Drive. Folks, I'm asking you to give us a call and I'm going to let the comedians in the studio with me come up with their own pitch from the comedy festival. And I'm just wondering if Vinny has some comedic... I mean, these people are professionals in improv now. Maybe he's got an improvisation... Uh, I'd probably do some kind of rap. Oh, how? K-U-C-I. The fun drive, it's here again. It's happening. Be our friend. Give us money, please. You'd help us out. We've got some prizes. Give a shout. We're cool. We're fun. We're totally classy. We don't make it a pain in the... Whoa-oh. Here we go. Oh. Thank you very much. I couldn't have said it more rhythmically uh, <laughs> as, as uh, if I tried. Thank you, Vinny, for that. <laughs> Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Joel. So we'll, let's go back into this program. We're talking about the many, many events planned for, for at the time of this broadcast. It's going to be Wednesday night, tomorrow night. May 6th, go on till roaring till the wee hours uh, and to the end of the night on Friday the 9th. So uh, I, I mentioned a little bit about the uh, where you got me with the live nude people, kindred throats, OBGY not. And uh, actually, Joel mentioned the um, the guest uh, that 
Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Keegan. And so there's two things that I want to bring up. So one is he was just on the Washington Correspondents' dinner, sort of shadowing, kind of being the the mime of the inner anger yes. of the president. So you first, you, we've got the comedic theory to look at how the president is uh, his capacity for delivering comedy and with the special guest coming up that you know you've got him fresh off of doing that it's only been a a, a week and a half yeah a week and a half and he's uh, coming right from the white house to our house which is pretty exciting that is exciting yeah and he's excited to talk about that experience with us yeah so i was checking in with him yesterday and he's thrilled to be a part of this and be honored as our revolutionary comedy award winner Uh, and we have that every year Uh, last year we honored tony hale who came to campus and we're looking forward to next year's award uh, nominee as well. Uh, we also have a number of uh, other exciting things here, including some genre improvised pieces, which is kind of the cutting edge where people are going with the art form currently, including we have a Chekhov unscripted uh, piece by yes. Impro Theater, and they are one of the kind of groundbreaking theaters that are bringing improvisation formally into professional theaters, so they performed at Oregon Shakespeare Festival and at the Falcon Theater in Burbank and a number of other places, and they're bringing their show down here to present it for us. They, folks who came last year may have seen their Twilight Zone unscripted, which was a huge success because they bring a high-level th- theater to the improvisational process, and they pr- produce a full-length play essentially right before your eyes so we also have um for folks that are excited about doctor who we have a doctor who unscripted piece as well which is exciting and for folks that have families like myself i have a you know a little boy at home as you mentioned uh he's gonna come we have a family-friendly show from the second city called the really awesome improv show on saturday morning at 11 uh (laughs) so yeah so just before their nap (laughs) exactly exactly so that's why i planned it that way i knew i know when my son goes down this will be great for all sorts of families all ages to come experience improvisation in a very clean and open way and they might be your toughest customers right. they're not there to they're not they've been ha- living a washington narcissistic uh, <laughs> allowed setting so th- they do not owe you guys a thing so what how are you gonna what techniques are you gonna get them ready to be patrons of fine arts well thankfully this is uh this is a group <laughs> which is always a challenge um but i think the beautiful thing about improvisation is it's for you in the moment right so it's they're in the moment yes that specifically for you yeah so whereas we have a lot of ipods and iphones and things that are like with us, they're all pre-prepared and they don't change with us. Whereas if with an improvised performance, you're performing and if somebody doesn't like something, you make a different choice and, and suddenly uh, you change it so that you're more engaging for them. And that's one of the beauties of improvising, that it's always shifting and changing. And like I said, this is a group from the Second City, which has yes. been around for over 50 years, training people about improvisation and those techniques. And they've had a wide range of alumni from that organization that have been extremely successful, including Tina Fey, Steve Carell, and Keegan-Michael Key as well. So it's a great company that's bringing down some of the best of the best uh, in terms of this performance. So uh, how about you talking, We you said a little bit, Vinny, about interacting, but uh, I think uh, Chloe mm-hmm. got to talk to some interacting with the veterans and uh, that are coming to this production. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, everyone that comes to um, the coup is doing us a huge favor. Um, They're used to getting paid a lot more than we pay them, and they're doing that because they're really wonderful, nice people who appreciate um, that we care about comedy and that we want to bring it to the community. And I find that really inspiring because people who are so successful, who, who really love the same thing that I love, and that I think everyone can appreciate comedy and entertainment and can get something out of it, whether it's, um, like 
Joel was saying that it has like a political commentary yes. or it's just fun. It's just really enjoyable to laugh at life and to laugh at people being silly on stage. And I know that um, in the workshops and everything, you, you learn a lot about how to perform and, and how to be yourself with other people on stage, which is great. <laughs> Yes. And Joel? That's one of the things I really love about this training as well within improvisation, yes. within comedy, because it really helps you to socialize as well. So it's training for the entertainment uh-huh. industry, but these skills also apply directly in terms of how you interact and engage with folks. And so it's a great opportunity for folks to, that can take these same skills and use them within business settings or within professional settings. Uh, so it's not just, just about performance and entertainment. It also can be generalized to the entire public. And you mentioned the workshops, all of you, in different ways. So uh, there's there's workshops and there's performances. There's not infinite seating. So we want to create a little bit of a lemming rush to the uh, to the websites. They'll all go on the podcast. But to, if you just go to Improv Revolution, it'll start pulling up all kinds of choices Improv on the web so that you can get that reserve seating consider I mean it's free but you've got to reserve because you don't want to be already uh, charged with the possibility of this fresh live performance and realize oh I'm uh, two seats short of getting to be a part of this right. Joan? org is a great site to go for all the information thank you so much for posting that uh, and there are reserved seats but there's also occasionally walk up spaces as well so if you get I would highly don't encourage don't be you. deterred yes There'll uh, be, oh, there's always another seat yeah, absolutely yeah. so we'll try our best to accommodate everybody um, but reserving is always the, the wisest choice even though it's completely free and we had Jane Page on uh, earlier in this stretch of illuminations coverage and some of her her venues or her venues have been outside so but these are all indoors so that is to reinforce the point that that bookings are are going to be uh, at a premium mm-hmm. so uh, don't don't be uh, you know complacent folks and some you're going to recognize a lot of names on there or you're just going to be uh, prickly uh, entertained by this uh, the the these titles for goodness sake so uh, people are going to start clamoring for for the seats that are left so get on it everybody Another great option that we have is we have some panels available as well that have, yes. uh, we have one on the entertainment career, uh, entertainment career panel talking about that. We have a professional television writer on that. We also have a gentleman who's wrote, written songs for The Simpsons. Uh, we also have a woman who uh, was on the original Groundlings, which is uh, one of the famous comedy places up in LA. And she's also a film producer and director now. And she has a film that's going around in the film festivals and an outstanding improviser as well on that panel. Uh, and then on our cutting edge of improv panel we have Teresa Dudek who has written the book essentially about Keith Johnstone's life and she's going to be coming and talking about that as well as where improvisation seems to be going we also have the artistic director from Impro Theater on that panel who is again that that theater company that's really bringing theater into the mainstream of American theater and they're actually featured in American theater last December for really raising the bar in terms of theater. Vinny? You were, your finger was up in the air about three and a half topics ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything I was going to no, say. No, 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 you do. This is you're quick on your feet. You show that in live radio. So, All right. You'll have to go to improvrevolution.org to see all of the bookings. And so are you expecting 
folks to go to the workshops and not, not just be entertained, but let's say a, a non-entertainer is maybe going to sit in on a workshop. Is that partly how that's worked in the past? Absolutely. We've had a variety of people come to the workshops before. Um, some people in the drama department who are interested in trying something new. People from outside of that who have never done improv or any type of comedy before and just decided to show up. Um, and a lot of them, I think all of them are actually sold out right now. They're all completely booked up. But oh. still, encourage people, please come, because every once in a while, someone just decides not they to always take do. it. Yeah. There's always. And the teachers almost always let more people in. Though If there's someone there waiting, they'll Only let them in. Only if there's a firefighter watching the code get <laughs> violated where things be happening. But no, yeah. they, no you got to be careful about that. Mm -hmm. And you don't say, you don't. What was that? Laurie Anderson said that in the middle of a fire you yell theater. Yeah. That's that was yeah. that line, <laughs> something like that. Yes. Well, um, so uh, yes. Yeah, I'd be just curious from our leaders what was their favorite part about the coup last year because both of them were involved in the yes, coup last year. Yes, that's it. And we're going to talk about it continuing. What was last um, year life changing? <laughs> Chloe? Life-changing. The coup was my first quarter on Improv Revolution, so my first quarter really doing improv, and getting thrown into the coup, not just um, meeting all of these people, but but uh, working alongside of them and really like talking to them, really what inspired me was what Vinny was talking about, which uh -huh. was that these are real people who have come from all various backgrounds and have uh, are, are doing this thing that people may not think is really a job that you could live off of and, and do, but they're doing it and that's really inspiring and even um, if you're not interested in doing comedy or entertainment or theater it's really interesting just to see how people can do that and how uh -huh. people are uh, strong enough to do that and and to be a sociable person yes Vinny I think I just loved seeing all the work that people were doing, yes. the amazing performances, the amazing teaching that they were doing. Um, and as both an aspiring performer and a teacher, seeing how they balanced that and how they used, they practiced what they preach. You know, they would do a workshop that was, and I would learn so much, and then they would do those things on stage that night. So seeing that, yeah, and seeing the, the professional attitude towards improvisation uh, in some of the, the best of the best in the country. Wow. Well, I, I'm looking very forward to this. Some These are uh, different times of the day, so everybody has a selection to do this. And I guess I just want to find out when you're talking about the breadth of it, and Chloe made me think of this too, are there any late bloomers to comedy that are part of the workshop? Somebody who hasn't been doing all their life. I mean, I started radio when I was many decades into this trip I'm on. So I don't know if there's any other um, examples of that, uh, people taking it up. But maybe maybe that's not quite what's happened. These are veterans that have been slogging through it since they're the first time they were class clown or something like that. Yeah, but I do think we, we've historically had folks that were kind of coming to it later, coming yeah. to the festival. Okay. Uh, I think of Scott, who's been uh, is actually on our Improv Revolution team as well, uh, and he's come to it a little bit late, but it's really revolutionized his life, and it's really okay. kind of been profoundly impactful. I think Vinny can talk a little bit more yes. about that. Yeah, Scott uh, joined the team in the fall quarter, and Scott's actually the oldest UCI undergrad in the history of UCI, um, and so he's incredible and he's really uh, brought a new vibrancy to the team and a new type of humor and what night what's night he's on uh he's he's uh he'll be performing with us uh, with improv revolution on wednesday night Wednesday, uh, the first opener yeah okay. the opening the okay, opening good. event um and he also performs with us regularly um, yeah improv revolution has about 15 shows a year that they have free and open to the public yes and they also perform off campus a variety of different venues and Vinny's leaded essentially created a workshop format as well that 
they are the first people to have improv workshops here at UCI uh, in a formalized format. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty exciting because they get roughly 30 people every week, every week of every quarter that come to this free workshop. Wow, Vinny. Nice following. <laughs> Good. Well, I just uh, hasten as we're closing. If in the odd chance someone can't make this Cuda comedy, this festival, there's no need to panic. Joel Veenstra has assured me that this will continue. This is the third one. It'll mm -hmm. continue on. There's the the illumination supporting it, but somehow maybe alumni and other people keep kicking in some cash. So because you can't pay them their the what they're worth, but you're but you're able to offer a little mm -hmm. something, and you've got costs. So yes, you're going to carry this on as long as you can. As long as we can, and we appreciate you know as with your spring fundraiser any support of the arts is so valuable because so, it brings such a richness to our lives that's so valuable so very good well i i want to thank all three of you for joining me in studio today this is joel veenstra and vinnie tagrini and chloe schneider <laughs> here with the cuda comedy festival that's going to be presented starting tomorrow night wednesday may 6th thank you all for uh, joining us on the show today and uh, we'll we'll Thank be you. back after a station break. You're listening to KUCI. We are in the middle of our spring drive, and we're in the middle of a uh, changing guest as well coming into the studio. We're going to have the Huntington Beach No Styrofoam Challenge uh, grassroots activist coming in shortly. But before then, it's time you learned a little bit more about our fun drive. At uh, 949 UCI KUCI, please give us your support where you're, you are not going to find the kind of coverage that you get here, and it's our pleasure to bring it to you. We'll be right back after a station break to bring on Lori Robeson, Vern Nelson, and Paul both. So stay with us. We'll be right back. <music> Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My next guests are Vern Nelson, Lori Robison, and Paul Both with the Huntington Beach No Styrofoam Challenge. Some of you perhaps saw the LA Times cover their enterprise last month. I could not resist bringing them on to the show to showcase their efforts for which I have a very soft spot. Vern Nelson, hailing from a classic education at OC's Modern Day High School, received his higher education at San Francisco Conservatory of Music and the University of Texas at Austin. Vern is a pianist and a composer from Huntington Beach who performs all over the Orange County solo and with his self-described 
Savage Jazz Band, the Vern Nelson Problem. He also runs the Orange County Juice Bog, which is known as Orange County's Political Mosh Pit and helps administer the Huntington Beach Open Community Forum. Vern has been a contributor to the background and information and programming that I produced here on Ask Lee, for which I thank him right here and now. And Paul, both originally from Michigan, moved to Huntington Beach at the age, ripe old age of two, and has lived here in Southern California ever since. He does audio for film and television. He does audio for radio this morning with us, enjoys the simple pleasures of running and bike riding, as well as travel. He maintains a key interest in politics. He's our uh, token libertarian here on today's program. He has a desire to get more involved in the community. I'm going to let Lori Robeson introduce her background in a few of those short strokes. Uh, how long you been around here, and what, uh, where you went to school, so everybody knows the trajectory, academic trajectory that all my forces to be reckoned with that are on this mm-hmm. show. Lori? I have lived in Huntington Beach my whole life, and I'm a hairdresser, so I went to beauty school. And a few years ago, I went to Long Beach State, and I have one year left, so I'm on the I'm on the long tenure tenure plan. All right, for school, and I'm You're... involved in politics and environmental causes. Okay, good, 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 good. Thank you. Well. Uh, look at uh, a, got a couple lefties, libertarians, and put, look what they can put together. Vern Nelson, you're the ringleader. How long ago did you cease yourself to use styrofoam, and when did you start this ever to get others to cut back or to cease and desist altogether? Am I your guys' ringleader? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You are now. Okay, I guess that all. Okay, I'm a ringleader. Um, you know, I ten years ago or so, I spent many mornings in a row cleaning up the beach. And I've been told not to say why I had to do that. But the main thing I saw was styrofoam everywhere, broken up into little pieces, little chunks. You know, a, a, a couple turn into maybe a hundred chunks. That they never die; they stay there, and they they get di- they get they end up in the ocean. They get digested by fish, or not digested is probably the word. And I just thought, oh, this is the worst thing. We should get rid of it. And and then Lori just you know less than a year ago was saying the same thing. But we've just been through Huntington Beach, you know, has just made history for having a plastic bag ban and then um, reversing it because uh, a lot of people found that was too intrusive of the government. So we were saying we're not going to be banning styrofoam here anytime soon. Maybe there's another way we can go about it. So. So and Laura, you were you were picking up the trash in January. I was in January right down at the jetty. And I noticed the number one thing there is styrofoam. Yes. Really more than anything else. So that's that's what I noticed. I came home and wrote on a, a forum that we run and wrote about this. And a bunch of people got involved. One of them um, next to me, Paul Both, And we decided instead of doing what people not liked, banning it or, you know, going towards banning it, we would start this community effort to encourage the restaurants to not use styrofoam and use alternative products and, you know, and go from there. <laughs> so... It's a it's a decision to go to the supply chain of the the item, not so much you're trying to uh, discourage consumers. So that's that's where you thought you could turn the spigot off a bit that way. Exactly. So and, yes, and in in the process, we've educated ourselves. We did a tour recently of Rainbow Recycling. Yes, and that Tell was us about that tour. That was really interesting. Paul next week went on that. Vern unfortunately couldn't go, but we. Um, I found out, which a lot of people don't know, styrofoam is recyclable, but so such a small percentage of it gets recycled, and even the part that does get recycled, there's no end user for it. So, so you can say the, it's essentially majo- unrecyclable. Yes, so the majority of it, 90, I couldn't get an exact number, but about 98% ends up in the landfill no matter what. 
because the the original manufacturers do will not buy it back. But I want to make sure we include today before listeners say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I was working on and leave this interview. There is a way of recycling this with the, uh, sty- there's the styrofoam can be with wastetowaves.org or with the sustainablesurf.org. There is an effort to repurpose, reuse that into the production of surfboards. There is. That's but there aren't that many places. And I'll, I'll go back to that. But I want folks to say, uh, not to think that there's nothing they can do about that. I've got a garage full of styrofoam I've accumulated from stuff that's been on, tossed to the shoulder of a road or some... Oh, uh, I like some, that. Oh, so or some other people that are just, I, I pick up after them, take the styrofoam home with me because I'm going to drop it off at wherever. So so Rainbow Disposal and Recycling, they have tours so they can educate people on all aspects of the styrofoam. Yes. So that's one thing to do. Now let's go back to the the good neighbors that you are now showcasing. You're going to the Huntington Beach City Councils and you are presenting these businesses that have decided to cut the whole, cut off the whole supply of the styrofoam in on their premises and so how how does the city council react uh, when you bring a good neighbor a good a business whose practices have changed what happens in the council chamber well, so the whole far, council I likes say, Vern, you take this yeah the the council like we you know when we were working out this idea at first some of us wanted to um you know mention in a negative way some of the places that still are using styrofoam and try to get them to change that way and that that turned off a lot of people so we've been really sticking to um celebrating the places that don't use styrofoam and um seems like uh, well the whole council is behind us um, yeah, go I, ahead, I just want to say i i i've been really impressed with with these guys because there was a a lot of hostility on both sides of this issue with the uh, plastic bag ban. So I think um, sometimes people side on issues and, and, and forget about what the what the goal is. And I think everybody wants a good environment. I mean, we all want that. We might have different ideas of how to get there. But what's been really good is these guys were very, very open to, to approaching it in a different way that it wouldn't turn people off. So I, I've been really excited to be you know, involved with it in that way and make it a voluntary thing where businesses wanted to do it and would see the benefit in doing it by getting more customers. Um, I mean, we are a coastal community and everybody is, you know, they love, they love the ocean. So. Yes. And here we are on the radio. How, how many people are listening? Well, uh, th- th- if they're not listening right now, they're going to listen to the podcast. So we're going to give them every way of following through on sources and resources to uh, to act on this. So okay. I, so so what we I, we at some point when it's okay with you, we'd like to mention some of the restaurant real good restaurants. This is the time to do it. Real good restaurants in Huntington Beach that have decided not to use styrofoam, um, either before we came along or 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 we influenced them. Um, right by the pier, there's Dukes and Sandy's. You can go into more detail because Lori's done a whole lot more research than me. Dukes and Sandy's, which are real fun places right on the beach, and, and Hurricane's Barn Grill right on the other side of PCH. They uh, they use what, compostable stuff, some of them? They use uh, recyclable. There's recyclable, biodegradable, compostable. Um, compostable, of course, uh, being one of the best but the most expensive. Most places, the ones he's mentioned, use uh, recyclable products, which is plastic, which is highly recyclable at the, like the rainbow disposal, for example, because there's an end 
buyer Which, for the product. Any of the plastic? I mean, there's the clear plastic and then there's the... Uh, all plastic the, is recyclable. All of those cups are. Yes. Uh, but yes, the better is the, the thin, clear plastic or okay. like the clamshell ones. And then paper, also very uh, recyclable. Even if it's not recycled, it is biodegradable. So if it ends up in the trash can or in the landfill, it biodegrades. And you're talking to a host. I will take those little cups... Up on a flight, I'll bring them back down to ground, and I will use them until they smash. I love that. So, <laughs> or I try to sh- shake those. She wants to give us another cup. And, no, 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 no. I've got this one here. Or if I'm really with it, I've got my own cup. I never yes. use one of those. So, so yes. hidden away in Bellaterra, we got Bondi Grill. We just yes. discovered them. They're they're a really fun place, and people should check it out. Um, they 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 don't use any styrofoam containers. They package their food in in a brown paper which uh, they have two reasons to do that they yes. care about the environment but also the the styrofoam will leach uh, harmful and yeah. uh, tasteless chemicals into your food so we got i'll just name some places off really quick u.s taco company is downtown bonsai bowl is also downtown bruxy the olive pit a wonderful middle eastern place down in bolsa chica brew bakers those are great people they're really into the environment mama's on 39 on beach boulevard slapfish newland center Sweet Old Cafe, those are good friends of mine. A nice, nice small business to um, to support. And uh, Jan's Health Bar and the Red Table out in Huntington Harbor. Um, we should should support all those places. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, there's places I haven't mentioned that you, you should, uh, if you feel like going there, ask them if they have styrofoam, if they use styrofoam cups or packaging. And if, if they do, tell them you'd prefer they didn't. And that's the least you can do. Have you ever, as patrons yourselves, brought in your own cup, that kind of a thing? So especially to the more of the takeout places. I what, have. And what happened? Yeah. Oh, everyone seems, yeah, everyone is. It's good. It works. They, yes. That's a good idea, but we're just, you know, people that do that are just one person. It's much At, more effective if the. It's if, the business. I understand the supply if chain. they spend a little more money in charge if they have to. Well, I want to make. not have that. I want to make a pledge, a uh, pitch for our spring fun drive. We have mugs the KUCI radio mugs and I want to use those as a premium for people to substitute the styrofoam they'd be using they could use that for a $35 pledge they could bring their KUCI mug to any of the premises that are serving uh, styrofoam containers and so and uh, so it's not just the containers that uh, that were the beverage containers but there's also the clamshells for the the takeout we were talking yeah. Paul and I in advance of yeah. this interview as uh, whether somehow we could talk with restaurateurs to rethink the business plan of overfeeding everybody so people feel compelled to save the food put it in a styrofoam container and take it out we're, we're not so we're i mean we're overeating over styrofoaming and so there's there seems to be a solution in rethinking the portions that are served but i don't know if that's part of the styrofoam um you know, uh, reduction plan it's not per se but it's a really good idea it goes along with what we're talking about because i mean it, it doesn't too, taste that good anyway when you take it out it there. does it does what, not what are you, i mean how many people actually get empty that out it's and, a very american concept most places do not take their food home exactly exactly and, and that's new. and relatively new too but that's i mean and it's fine to take your food home you can bring your own you can ask for paper you can ask for plastic Okay, well, for those of you who've just tuned in, you're listening to Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming on the, the web at Beach Cleanups all over the world on the web. That's KUCI.org. My guests are Vern Nelson, Lori Robeson, and Paul Both on Ask a Leader. Uh, we're talking about the Huntington Beach 
no styrofoam challenge. I'm going to wrap this up quickly here. I want to think of what you're doing as a template for residents in other towns in Orange County, other uh, towns in Southern California and beyond. Are you getting some traction from people beyond Huntington Beach? They saw your uh, Los Angeles Times coverage. Are people wanting to know how they can adopt your game plan, fan out? And I mean, it doesn't have to be a coastal community that's paring styrofoam down because what happens in the, the foothills is still washing down in the, uh, Mother Nature, whether it's the ocean or other uh, places that uh, it will bioaccumulate. So are people taking up your oh, charge? Oh yeah, our, our phones are running off, are ringing off the hook, and and we are, and what's most exciting to us is when we get some place which we're going we we shouldn't announce the place yet, right? No, that's going to change change their use of styrofoam oh. on account of on account of this. Okay. Uh, good. But uh, we'll hear about that at the next Huntington Beach Council meeting. Yeah, okay. we're pretty we're pretty local people. We love Huntington Beach, and and uh, we encourage if other people care about their town, that's great. They should maybe do what we're doing all right well i yes Lori, you want to Lori's wrap it up say, um, get the last word i've always mm-hmm. um <clears throat> just that what we're trying to do is just simply awareness but also just the kind of tagline we've had is like less styrofoam available equals less styrofoam on our beaches on our wetlands and less styrofoam getting manufactured because it's bad for the environment that's as right well. all it's it's all the the whole waste stream starting from the means of production plus mm-hmm. the when it's yes paul Maybe you had the last word. Peterson, one of our uh, councilmen, had a really good idea that, yes. it, of course, it does cost more to to use this packaging and maybe to phase it in um, that um, encourage restaurants to give people, the customers, the option to maybe they have to pay, you know, um, for a little bit more than they can have the packaging that's good for the environment. And then maybe that can show uh, businesses um, the response and, and how many people want to do that. And that would be a good way to phase it in. Sort of the reverse of you get a nickel for bringing your bag, but uh, you can contribute toward upgrading Ex- your beverage container. Exactly. And, and and make it a cool thing like, you know, hey, do this and we love our beaches and show how much you love the the, okay. the ocean wildlife. And I think there'd be a lot of people that'd be willing to do that. So there's so many ways to drop the cup, skin the so. cat. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. Okay. So we all get the same thing, what we want. Well, uh, this is good to know. Yes, I, I want to thank you all for coming in. I want to thank you, Vern Nelson, Lori Robeson, and Paul Both, all of the Huntington Beach No Styrofoam Challenge for enlisting in this effort. They have a Facebook page, which, which has that in its name, the Huntington Beach No Styrofoam Challenge. And so you can keep track of that, or you can also go to the Huntington Beach City Council Chambers on what days of the which days out of each month do you meet. Every other Monday. Every other Monday. So then you can see uh, who's next. But on the, 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 the Facebook page, you can see who are lauded for their pairing it down. So I've got to close out the show here uh, with an announcement that tonight's Irvine Unified School Board meeting at the IUSD offices at 5050 Barranca Parkway. It'll begin tonight at 630. The PTA will be presenting a request to the board members to stop using chemicals on school campuses and change over to organics. Harvard University and many schools and sports fields across the country have successfully implemented this change with the obvious healthy dividends that one uh, that you'd all expect. Local activists cite that the cost is comparable. It saves water as well as maintenance. And folks, if you happen not to make the meeting, Kathy Halal, Chair Health and Safety for the Irvine Council PTA directs you to the Irvine Unified School District website or call the administrative offices to weigh in on these better practices for posterity. I want to give it one more go with the 
pledge drive here for KUCI, UCI, KUCI. We'd love to part with another mug for you so you don't have to use styrofoam. We've got shirts. We've got tickets for terrific events. We've got tickets for places to eat out and support our good neighbors. I mean, we should have gone to the Huntington Beach uh, Strip there for those the non-styrofoam servers and we could promote them and uh, maybe give a ticket premium. We'll do that in the fall drive. We'll, we'll do double duty for that. So, Oh, oh those mugs look really good. All right. Well, thanks for that pitch. Thank you. Yeah. I could use that. It was Vern. All right. So we're going to uh, close the show. This is Ask a Leader. Thank you for listening today. Talk to you next week. J'étais tranquille, j'étais peinard. Accoudé au flipper, le type est entré dans le bar. A commandé un jambon beurre, puis il s'est approché de moi. Puis il m'a regardé comme ça. T'as des bottes, mon pote, elle me botte. Je parie que c'est des Santiago. Viens faire un tour dans terrain vague. Je vais t'apprendre un jeu rigolo. À grand coup de chaîne de vélo. Je te fais tes bottes à la baston, moi j'y ai dit. Laisse béton